I remember watching this like when I was younger when it first came out and I kind of remember hating this episode because they were all turning to kids but I was living for Morgan the Fay. I was like she looks good <laughs> with that, ma- I was that like, mask the, the gold mask on and like the hair up and just like she's sauntering in the room and she had like the little kind of like deep voice a little bit I was like oh yeah I'm gay I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this is just really moving me in a way that <laughs> that's fair <laughs> Lanaya Petronova, Dark Star. Oh, your fave, your secret fave. Um, I, speaking of turning the brain on, I am the greatest telepath to ever do a child in radio. Okay. Ooh. All right. We, we like Charles. He's a nasty man. We, <laughs> love, we love Charles. And Charles is not a nasty man. He is a misunderstood man. But we're going to talk about all that later, so oh, don't worry. See, well, yeah, that's how you know he's a nasty man, y'all, because the one thing about Keenan, he's going to defend a nasty man. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Point prover. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-mm. Anyway, how are you? Um, I'm doing all right. It's It's been a really good week for me, I think. I'm trying to think. Like, have you ever been asked a question and somebody be like, oh, what did you do like yesterday? You cannot remember. And they say like the farther out you go, like the less likely you are to remember. So now I'm sitting here trying to think about this entire week. And I'm like, what happened? But it was good, I guess. <laughs> but it's like, if I can't think of anything bad, it must have been good. So that's what I'm going to go with. Oh, you know what? That's a word. sometimes. <laughs> How are you doing? Okay. That's a word. I appreciate that. I... Who's been a week, child? I have been <laughs> stressed out from work and dealing with other like personal stuff. And but um I've been super excited to talk about comic books and stuff and mm. and do all that. That's been a lot of fun. I've been I've been reading some older stuff, getting more into reading some of Superboy's older stuff, which has been Ooh. interesting. Are you getting ready for his new book that's coming out? Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested in um what it's gonna be done over there. The artist actually is um, someone I used to follow like on social media like years ago. So it's really cool to see him like actually mm. be like drawing a real book now. So that's really I love dope. when that happens. Right? Shout out to the artist. Cause y'all be talented. Like continue to push yourselves and put yourself out there with that work. It's good. Yeah, push ourselves y'all. I love seeing that stuff. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, getting back into comics, you know, that's my, my happy place. <laughs> okay, we're glad to be of assistance with that. <laughs> Back in my happy place. Um, all right, but let's go ahead and get into the update of the week. Um, we had not too many, but some fun ones here. Um, up first, we have the Avengers game has been... <laughs> it's ended. <laughs> so, um, recently... There has been a notice that was put out by Crystal Dynamics, the developers of the game, and they have said that the game will be ending. The last update will be um, in March, and the final, like all of it, will be it'll be all done from digital sales as well as like the physical copies as long as they're out there will be ending yeah. on in September. So, um, you know, for those who were playing that game, it looks like. They said that all of the cosmetics and everything they're giving them to all players. So like you get everything in the game and they will try to keep all of the support that they can as long as they can. So from what I'm gathering, it looks like you can probably play the game until like 2025. And then after that, like probably won't work too well. Um, but that's why let me turn it on so I can get some of that gear. But <laughs> you know. I ain't never liked this game. I'm sorry. I was I was not a fan of it. I like remember when it got announced. I was kind of excited for. I thought it had a lot of potential, but like I really did like doing the training modules for like the different characters and just like fighting. But the actual missions themselves, it was repetitive in a way that wasn't exciting. 
I don't think they ever really expanded on the character roster quick enough um, or varied it enough. Like, we kept getting the same version of different characters. Um, I don't know. I was not a fan. Now, there was was some drama um, and some details that kind of came out about this. Allegedly, the next characters that were going to be added were She-Hulk and Captain Marvel. Um, But I guess, like, very quickly after the game was even like after it came out uh crystal dynamics kind of said that they felt unsupported by marvel so like mm. they felt like they didn't get really get a lot of support with uh you know continuing any kind of bug updates or anything with the game so it was kind of just like left on them um and the lead developer of the game was fired <laughs> because of some mm racist and transphobic tweets that came out from him oh the game was doomed it it was not meant for this world like they just had to get rid of it it makes yeah um so that actually probably makes sense why marvel kind of distanced themselves from supporting crystal dynamics from this and once that once the lead developer had gotten fired the rest of that team um was allegedly moved over already to the new Tomb Raider game that they were already working on. Amazon is working on a new Tomb Raider game with Crystal Dynamics. So it seems like the game was probably dead in the water. It sucks. I was excited. I only really bought the game because eventually I figured they were going to add Captain Marvel. I wanted to play with her. I wanted to fly around, shoot some blasts, punch some stuff. And that was the thing. I think all of the characters who were already in the game, they were actually people I wanted to play with. Captain America, Black Panther was fun. Um... I played with, like, Thor every now and again. But then after that, it was just kind of like, it took so long for someone new to come out. And then when they did come out, it was like, okay, we're just getting Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Okay, we're getting... Who else even came out in the game? Black Panther. Spider-Man was a um, PlayStation exclusive. Um, Which turned a bunch of people off. I play on Xbox. I know, that turned a lot of... I know that turned a lot of people off. (laughs) Um... Spider-Man fans are everywhere, so you can't limit okay. them from from anything. Um, the, you know, the Wanda fans were going crazy because they wanted her in the game, and then there was, like, that one little thing that happened where it was, like, a glitch or something, and they talked about her, so they just knew she was about to come. Um, right. It, it just... But then, allegedly, she wasn't coming. The next plans for the few characters were Ironheart and um, some other characters who were basically just like reskins of characters who were already in the game, yeah. Again, the game's big. Oh, they were gonna push. They were gonna put Shuri in the game as well, but again, that would have mm. just Black Panther was already in it. So Black Panther. Mm, I mean, oh, oh well, it sucks because I hope this doesn't impact the idea that you know a superhero game can't succeed, especially like a Marvel one. Um, I think it's. It's kind of frustrating, too, because when you think about the last two Marvel games that have been released between this and the Guardians game, which the Guardians game was really good. You know, I've talked about that. I played it. I played it a couple of times. Won an award. Now. It won the war and everything like that, but it just wasn't super successful financially. But then here you have something that, like, wasn't really successful at either. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, like you said, how is that going to affect like what they're putting out and how they're putting these games out? Are they going to try and focus more on the story and like like how they did with Guardians and build upon that to hope better for the next one? Are they just going to kind of scrap how they do all of them and start all over? I don't know. We've got a few games that I guess are still coming out, so we'll see too. This may be something where they look at it where they aren't interested in doing the live service kind of games because Spider-Man was a hit. Um and so was Guardians. It wasn't a financial hit, but it did pretty well critically um, and with the fan base, too. I think they may just focus on, you know, maybe not so much the live service stuff where we're updating it all the time. We may just do, yeah. like, straight it, story games. It could, also, it could also depend on, like, the developer as well. Who did the um, Avengers game again? Crystal Dynamics. What other games have they done? They did the uh, Tomb Raider reboots. Did you ever play any of those? No, but I knew someone who did, and I watched them play it. I liked those. They were fun. It was cool. I missed the I'm days kind of a Tomb Raider she up off a cliff and break all of her bones. I really liked the game when you could do that. Also classics. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tomb Raider's got it. Um, all right. Up next, we have learned that Zosha Rockmore has joined the cast of Captain America New World Order. Now, I know you are the big Captain America fan here, especially when it comes yeah. to Sam Wilson. Um, who do you think she is going to be? They've kind of been hush-hush about that, but they say she is in a prominent role. I think she's going to be Nightshade. Remember I've talked about her before, Tilda? She was the character. She had the Afro puffs and the... Um, they're going to have clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's a hot girl. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be her. They have history together in the comics. She's actually appearing in his series right now. Um... She's, like, a really cool character. She's kind of been, like, a villain, but then she took on the role of Nighthawk, so she kind of plays the role of, like, anti-hero sometimes. She's a scientist, really smart girl. You like That's what I told you. You would like her. You would like like her. Um, Her costume has changed. She's not wearing the little skimpy thing anymore. She's more, like, I'm armored up or, like, showing you that I'm the tech girl, the scientist doing whatever needs to be done here. Um, Nice shape. Yeah, get into her. Tilda, get into her. She's that girl. Um, but I that's who I, I like think her. she's going to be. And if it is, I'm going to be really excited because she's a character I like. So, crossing my fingers for that. I saw some people saying Misty, but... I was going to say that. It looks like that's what the people were guessing. We don't need her yet. Oh. Although, I will say I would appreciate a new Misty Knight because I was not a fan of the one from Luke Cage. Oh, well... It's Netflix. <laughs> it's Netflix. <laughs> uh, they got Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter. Right. Everybody else is kind of like, I don't know. Mike Coulter was fine, actually, with Luke Cage, I think. Yeah. He got I me mean, like, I, I felt like he was corny, but like, I personally feel like Luke Cage is corny. Oh, that's so, fair. Yeah. I prefer Luke Cage the mayor. I like him as like that. Mary Cage is cool, but he has to grow into that. He got to be corny first. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. And our last bit of an update this week comes out from Marvel. And uh, they just recently announced Avengers number one by Jed McKay and CF Villa coming in May. And the roster will be uh, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Vision, and uh, Thor, Captain Marvel, will be leading the team. And uh, did I miss someone? Iron Man? Oh, Iron Man. He's forgettable. I get it. Um, I loved it. Very excited for this. Everybody knows I'm a Jim McKay fanboy. I think CF's art is great. This team, it feels very classic. I feel like Aaron's, everybody knows I'm a fan of Aaron's Avengers run. I know people don't like it because he be doing stuff with the Phoenix and the Phoenix only got to be one person and stuck in the X-Men, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. He's just been doing (laughs) off to the wall, multiverse stuff, doing lots of different team ups, introducing lots of weird characters. It's been cool. His team, though, has been very like out there. Blaze there, Echo's there with the Phoenix. Um, Ghost Riders there, who I think could have actually stayed on this group a little bit. Name Wars was there. She hoped, you know, it was people were coming in and out. It was different. Nighthawk joined. This one feels like, okay, not only are all these people got movies coming out, but you got to <laughs> get back to the basics of kind of like who the like main Avengers are and just like this superhero team full of A-listers. And I was like, and that's kind of what this really gives. And I think you could have switched a few people out. Don't get me wrong. I personally love Thor, but he got a lot of stuff going on. I don't think he needs to be there. Um, And Iron Man, I'm always willing to take him out of a team. And I think you could have like got a few other folks in. I still would have appreciated a Wasp, a She-Hulk, a uh, photon, I think, would have been good. Even someone like a Hercules coming onto this team, I think, would have been a nice little like callback and still gave that feel of like big characters doing big things. So that's that. But all in all, like very pleased, very excited. I will be reading. Yes, I would definitely be seated for this. Um, I think what I'm most excited for has been I'm a big fan of Jen McKay's writing. Um, y'all know I still go up for that Taskmaster mini, um, but. <laughs> The one thing I think that he's like really excelled at, in my opinion, and um, I'm not the biggest Moon Knight fan, but um, I've heard you talk about the issues on the show, and you always talk about how like he respects the previous runs, but like 
by bringing everything there and making sure you feel like those count, but then like kind of moving everything forward. And I feel like that's what we're going to get with this Avengers run where all these characters right now. Yeah. They got movies coming out and sure they could have been a thing where they are (laughs) being put together for that. (laughs) But, (laughs) but at the same time, like they are really like classic Avengers, but they like have such long histories with, Marvel for the like go back years. It'll be very interesting to see the way that he kind of says, "Okay, well, this is them, but now." And I also think like that's a really good point when you think about these characters. They have long histories with Marvel and each other, but this particular group, although there have been pockets where some of them have been around each other, they have not been together like this in a very long time. No, like with like this, this specific group, like when was the last time you really saw like Sam and Carol on the team together, um, or Sam and Tony for that matter? You know, Steve has been there with them. When was the last time Wanda was even an Avenger? It's been a while. You know she's what been I'm dealing saying? with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's been going through some things. Um, so it's like just to kind of see them all, how they're in these spaces of. They got their movies coming out. A yeah, lot of Wanda them have solo team together too. Like Wanda and Vision team together. They got their solos where they're dealing with their other stuff. They're all in these like kind of new spots in their lives. And it's like, okay, how do they interact now? Okay. Does Sam still hate Tony? Let's hope so. Is Vision and Wanda going to be kind of given awkward, or is he going to be like, I moved on? You know, she was dating Doctor Voodoo. I guess we've forgotten all about that. You know, how are T'Challa and Sam going to be with each other since they've been fighting in T'Challa, I mean, in Sam's book? So there's just, like, a lot of different things that's going to be interesting to see, I think, for this group. How is Carol going to lead this team? Because I know everybody's going to be like, well, we don't want to listen to you, girl, so... Okay, because it's like, we went down that road before, and it's just not going well. So it's like, why are we trying to do it again? Uh, But, again, there's, like, just a lot of stuff there that I think is going to be really fun to play with. Again, I would have still liked somebody else. And even maybe like a nice little wild card member. You like Living Lightning. He could have been cool for this group as well. But one thing, again, I will say about Jed McKay is that I feel as though his writing, he brings it all together, but he's very additive. So I would not be surprised if this isn't like the big seven, quote unquote, to start out with. And then by issue, whatever, we have maybe like four more people on the roster. Because I do feel like the Avengers is one of those teams that can benefit from being a very big team. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is probably the the big seven. I think that there is going to probably be a couple more additions. Um, and maybe some people may bounce. Who knows? But I am excited okay. for this. Tony about to be, be broke. I don't even know. He can't stay in the book, right? Oh, yeah. Ain't that his whole thing? Well, who's going to finance it? He's going to lose his money. So he's going to leave. We're going to have to get somebody else in. I love it. Sounds like this is going to be a hot run. Um, (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for the comic section of the week. Um... Now, you didn't have any books this week, I know, but you said you had been doing some, like, back reading and doing some old stuff. So before we get into, like, the new stuff that I read this week, I want to talk a little bit about that. What are you getting into? Who are you reading? Who are you finding you love? Okay. Yes. So I have been reading some uh, Superboy stuff, and I guess technically um, The Death of Superman, I had never read that before. I have only seen, like, the animated movie, and um, Mm -hmm. I had never read a lot of the older stuff. But there were some really cool characters in there that I had I'd never really read or like had too many um, interactions with. Like Maxima, she's a nasty lady, <laughs> but she's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. <laughs> I kind of like her. Um, she did not have any. She did not take anything from Guy Gardner. I really liked her on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just interesting to see that that was the Justice League instead of like what was in the movie um, that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been reading this because it's actually the debut of Superboy. And I've read a lot of Superboy mm-hmm. stuff when he was um, later, when he had like the full Kryptonian powers, but not a lot of yeah. the stuff when he had just the, like the tactile telekinesis. So I wanted to read that and some of his 90s mm-hmm. stuff. It's been pretty good. So. I think it's, 
the stuff with him having telekinesis was always so interesting to me because I'll never forget, I really did always think he had super strength until, I don't know, I read some, I think it was when I started reading um, John's Teen Titans. And like, I just, you know, they used to have the descriptions of the characters with their powers. And I was like, telekinesis? I said, when did that happen? <laughs> and I was like, was I not paying attention? But then I like went back. I was like, oh, he has been like using telekinesis this whole time. But I thought that was cool. It's a nice little switch. It makes him different. I I've also find it interesting. I'm sure at some point I'm going to come across it during this reread. Um, but I guess at one point, you know how they used to do those like letters to the writers, so like letters to the editors at the end of the books? Yeah. I guess in one of these, Jeff Johns actually wrote in and said that, oh, um, the human father, uh, the human like donator of Superboy should be um, Lex Luthor. And oh. I think they wrote. I think they wrote. I think they wrote back to him like, "Oh, like that doesn't make any sense or whatever." But sure enough, <laughs> like <laughs> he said, well, <laughs> sure enough, when he actually ended up becoming the writer of it, he he made sure that's what happened. So I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I um I wrote into like one of those things once before. It was for the X-Books. I wrote into Uncanny X-Men, and they printed it in one of the issues. I, it was around, oh, cool. like, the 450s or something like that. I'll never forget, because I used a fake name. <laughs> 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 but I was, like, specifically asking about Jesse Bedlam. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's you now. <laughs> I always assume anytime I see anything out there about Bedlam, it was probably you. <laughs> it's like Ghost Account or something, yeah. Um... But shout out to the people, because I've been seeing his name, like, when they're coming up with their new X-teams and things like that. I've been seeing his name on them. I'll be like, and that's all that matters. You just got to keep putting it out there. It's going to happen. This mm-hmm. might be the end. You know? I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? That's exciting. Well, I'm excited for you in this journey and some more Superboy. What Do you have anything else on your list to read for him, or are you going to go back and read any other stuff other than his solo stuff? Um, mostly his solo. So far, I've just been reading like his The Death of Superman takes place in it was like across action comics. Um, I think like Avengers of Superman. Superman got like he got a whole corner of books. I didn't know he had this many like yeah. like spinoffs, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And as everybody knows, yes, I'm in the super fam now, so, so wow. you know, That's I'm doing, I'm doing um, my history, you know. Do my I homework. Think you should maybe go back and read like the John's Superboy, uh, John's Teen Titan stuff. I felt like that had some good Superboy moments in it. Oh, it and did. And then like he did I his crossover. I was actually going back and rereading it a couple of weeks ago. That's the lie. I wasn't reading the entire run. I was just reading the Titans of Tomorrow arc. That was history. That was great. So I was like, oh yeah, this is hot. Okay. Well, shout out to that. Well, moving to the things that are out currently, uh, we had a lot of books out this week. Uh, some mentions, the DC Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton issue came out, and that was kind of like a little anthology. had a bunch of different stories that are just talking about Lazarus Planet and what the other characters are going to be doing. Like, there's that Power Girl story that's going to be happening in the back of Action Comics. Like, that was here. There was a Dreamer story that went on. It's actually kind of good. Again, I went into Lazarus Planet thinking it was an extension of Dark Crisis, and it is just a whole different event. But it seems to be a lot better than Dark Crisis, from what I can tell. Um, it's like it's kind of <laughs> hitting. So shout out to them for that. Uh, Avengers Forever 13 also came out. That is a crossover with the main Avengers book. We are gearing towards again the end of Jason Aaron's run to prepare for Jim McKay. Shout out to that. Hotness to hotness. That's what I like. That is. <laughs> um, but we'll go ahead and get to our main books that I wanted to discuss. Uh, first on our list was Strange Number Ten that comes from Jed McKay and Marcelo Ferreira, and this is the final issue of this Strange run for Clea. You know, she took over the role as Sorcerer Supreme, and she's kind of been on this mission to find Steven and bring him back from the dead. We run into this new guy, the Harvest Man, who we come to find out is actually the dead Stephen Strange, who is now the Sorcerer Supreme of Death for death herself um they're starting to work together to take down this blasphemy cartel and at the end of the last issue they use their the cartel use their powers to reanimate century and like send him as this zombie revenant to go and kill clea and steven so like this entire issue is just them like fighting him and they're using all of their spells and they're using their magic and their blasts and their beams and it is not working he is tearing them up and nobody's <laughs> even in death. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
he is absolutely decimating them. Like, he's got... And mind you, like, Steven's already dead. It's like, he's on the ground, like, I'm about to die again. But um, throughout this entire time, we've been finding out that Clea and Steven, like, shouldn't touch. She's the Sorcerer Supreme of life, quote-unquote. He's the Sorcerer Supreme of death. If they got together kissed or anything like that, the results could be catastrophic. Sentry's been tearing them up and so Clea's like, you know what? We're about to die. Give me a kiss. <laughs> and as they kiss, it's actually not catastrophic. Their powers and like everything just kind of merges together and they become this one like hermaphrodite being called Strange. That is a combination of both of them. Like life, mm. death, rebirth. Re like it was hot. It looks amazing. And so together they've got all this new power. They defeat the century. They end up defeating the guy who's in charge of the blasphemy cartel. Like beautiful art. Just <clears throat> like the narration of Clea describing her relationship with Steven and all of that stuff was really well done. A lot of people don't know this, but I am a sucker for a love story. I think like the whole thing oh, of love being the ultimate power, it is so it's good. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. Like there's nothing stronger than the power of love. And like that is what this show is. I was like, absolutely, I am here for it. Um, after everything is said and done, they like kind of uh, go back into their regular forms. Steven's going through one more change. He's alive again. And he has returned to his normal self. And so now he and Clea are going to like ride off together, like doing the magic thing, being Sorcerer Supreme together and like just being happy. And that is going to lead into the new Doctor Strange series that will be coming out soon. Also still written by Jim McKay with um, both of them at the forefront. Really oh, great. They're still going on together. Yeah, I was kind of, like, worried when it first got announced. I was like, Lord, they about to send Clea back to the Dark Dimension, but she's been on the cover, so she's there. <laughs> the doll is here. There was, this, there was this article written about him that was uh, retweeted, actually, by the official Doctor Strange account that uh, the title of the article said, Marvel's next step for Doctor Strange making him a wife guy. And that kind of makes sense. Like, it Strange has kind of, like, been around forever. He's done everything at this point. Mm -hmm you know, his story evolving into something where it's more about him and his partner now instead of just him always being by himself is a great next step. It really is, and I'm excited for it. And again, I've tried Doctor Strange books before. I've tried to get to Steven. It never really worked. I don't think he has ever been more interesting than he is when he's with Clea. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, again, like, they are such a, a, like, just that pairing. They are very confident in themselves they're confident in their abilities they're confident in each other they know how to do different things like again even as they go into battle steven's like clea don't kill nobody and she's like mm, i see what i can do but at the same time she's not going to do it because she knows it's going to be a problem she don't want to cause a problem so it's just like they work it's really good this issue was i'd give it a 4.5 out of 5 really great stuff like people need to tap in i know you try and pretend like you don't like magic but I don't pretend. It's because I don't. But it's interesting. I do like Jim McKay, so maybe I could. Also, you know, though, like, is he writing, like, every Avenger? As he should. Because, <laughs> like, if he's writing Doctor Strange, he'll be writing the Avengers team. He's also writing Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. You got it. He's taking it. He's hey. the boy. And we love like it. <laughs> but um, yeah. if you haven't been reading Strange, I'm pretty sure, like, a few of the issues are up on Marvel Unlimited right now. So if you have Marvel Unlimited, go add it to your list, get into it, check it out. It's a really good book. It was a really dope series. I'm excited for the next part. Um, next up on the list is Dark Web X-Men number three, and that comes from Jerry Duggan, and we had art by Phil Noto, and this was the end of the Dark Web tie-in for the X-Men team. Here, it was a nice issue, I guess. Um, oh. At the end of last issue, Gene... I'm sorry, not Gene. Well... I will say, before I even get to it, the title of this issue was Gene vs. Gene. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> but at the end of the last issue, Maddie basically confronted Gene like, you ruined my life, blah, blah, blah. Gene was like, I'm tired of hearing this. She slapped her. Now we're starting here from the slap. And the girls start fighting. They're tussling. Gene is like, I am tired of you trying to blame me for all of the bad things that have happened in your life. I've tried to be nice to you. I've tried to do this for you. Like, I've tried to move past it, girl. She's like slapping her. She is throwing her around telekinetically. She is punching her in the face with like a telekinetic fist. She is bleeding, like making her bleed out of her nose. Maddie's trying to fight back. 
apparently she has the same powers as Jean, so like that's a thing that she can do as well. But Jean is just really tossing her okay. around. <laughs> yeah. And to me. You know, after she kind of does it, she's just like, you know, what is it? What do you even want? Maddie's basically upset because she misses Nathan. And she's like, it's not fair that Jean got to raise Nathan and she missed out on all this stuff. And she and like to me that was crazy. Because I Did read she try to kill Nathan? She, she definitely was trying to kill that baby. Now you sad because you ain't watch him grow up. You wasn't gonna watch him grow up if you got your way. <laughs> but nonetheless, nonetheless, Jean is just kind of like, okay, and she basically shares the memories of raising Nathan with Maddie. Cool. And it just awakens something in her, you know, she talks about she's ready to stop being angry, Havoc and Cyclops and like the rest of the team finally kind of start joining in and she's like, you know, I did this whole mess, we gotta make things right. Havoc confirms that he is in fact leaving the X-Men and that he wants to stay with Maddie. He's like, my family stuck with me, the X-Men just isn't where I want to be. Um, Gene makes Maddie scream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gene has Maddie do the infamous to me, my X-Men cry. And like Maddie kind of does a real weak and Jane's like, girl, you can do better than that. It makes her like a telekinetic bullhorn. She yells it again. They get together. They're going to go stop whatever else has been going on in dark web. And And not whatever else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm not reading anything else. About yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what else is going on? But this was kind of the end of this. We also get the uh, reveal that Gene was pushing for the resurrection of Maddie. So, like, that was kind of thing. You know, when Havoc is talking about leaving, she's like, you know, I'm all about second chances. That's why I told the council to revive you. And Maddie's like, you did that for me. And so it looks like they're moving to a space where they can kind of be sisters. That's nice. Yeah. You know, her family, Jean's family was killed, so this would be nice, you know, they, to have a They sister. were. So she's got her twin sister now, and it seems like, obviously, Havoc's gone from the team, I, and we saw that Laura joined in that most recent issue of X-Men. Look, seems like him and Maddie might be doing something with their own team, potentially. Maybe another fine type of X-Men. I know, I personally have the theory that he's going to be the cat for her cola that showed up on the free comic book cover, uh, free comic book day cover. Mm. with the team um i also got some other theories about that but i don't know if i'm ready to let those loose into the wild just yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah they might cause some issues so we're going like (laughs) um Mm. but all in all i thought the issue was like fine i do think maddie's heel turn was a little like weird Obviously, she kind of went through the similar situation in New Mutants, which felt like she was just lying so she could get in charge of Limbo, which brings us here, of her unleashing the demons. And it's kind of like you did all this just because you wanted some memories. You could have asked for that, doll. You didn't have to do all of these things. And But that's Maddie. She's a petty lady. She tried play. She did what she did. Apparently, she's forgiven yet again. And we'll see where we go from here. I still remember her trying to kill that baby. I don't really forgive nothing she's done, but she's gonna be around. Uh, she's no, gonna like stay in limbo now. It seems like, yeah, it seems like her thing. Will like, be are limbo we done with Maddie? Like, are we done now? Like, are we? Has she healed? Can um, we be done with this? I think she is healing, but we aren't done with Maddie. She's cheating. Mm. And Jean gonna find a way. So <laughs> she's Jean, and she's Jean with magic. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So, the people are going to go up for her. Um, Noto's art was really good on this issue as well. He um, really does emotional bits when he gets up close with the girls and Maddie. Yeah, it it does really well with here and it works for the story. So, shout out to them. I think this was honestly another like, I give this four out of five. Really solid. Again, Maddie's stuff is kind of like, feels a little bit rushed, but. I feel like that's Maddie in general. So, and last book that I wanted to discuss this week was Immortal X-Men number 11 from Kieran Gillen and Lucas Wernick. Was it actually 11? I thought it was 10. Hold on, let me double check. It was 10, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> this was Charles' favorite issue. Mm. Big Daddy X. And let me tell you something about Charles' Xavier. That's a good man. Now, 
at the end of the last issue, the team, the council, excuse me, basically figures out that Sinister has been doing something. He's killed uh, Emma, Hope, Exodus, and Xavier. And like Kitty and the rest of the group are like, we got to go get Sinister to ask. They get the X-Men. They all run to where his hideout is. Do you remember during Gillen's run on X- Uncanny X-Men when they did all the Phoenix Five AVX stuff? Sinister had that lab in Alaska. Yes, it had all those natties. Yes, that's where he's hiding out here in this issue. So that was a nice little roundabout way to bring that. I thought that was cool. <laughs> of course. Or roundabout or Gillen just talking about his own stuff. <laughs> roundabout. It was a roundabout. Okay. Cyclops even mentions it. He's like, oh, we destroyed this place when we were the Phoenix Five. I guess we're going to have to do it again. And I was like, oh, that's kind of high. I'm not going to lie. But nonetheless, so like all of these people are storming uh, Sinister's base to try and find him. The council helps. While this is going on, we go to the hatchery and we see the cuckoos with the five minus hope, but uh, Sink and Mimic are there. And they're basically telling them, like, one of you have to try and be Hope so we can try and revive her because she is the key to resurrection. And we'll know. Mimic is, like, punking out. He says it's too much pressure. He doesn't want to do it. Mimic? He, he don't want to mimic him. other people's powers? I thought he only had the powers of the O5. He can mimic other people's, but I think, like, he has the O5 permanently. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um... And so he's like, he can't do it. He doesn't want to go. Sink steps up. He says, I'll do it because it has to be done. He gets like really close to Hope's body so he can mimic her. And apparently he does it. And she comes busting out the egg. And I don't think it really fully worked though. Cause there's still a data page later that talks about how Hope is integral and like a super important part of the resurrection process. And without her, it doesn't really work the right way. Mm-hmm. And then I, excuse me, get more into that as I get to the end of the issue. While we're doing all of this, Charles Xavier is narrating this issue. And wow, this is why I say he's misunderstood. He basically talks about how people see him and how people are nervous around him, how people suspect him for things and how people don't trust him. And he says, you know what? That's a good thing. A lot of people might think my methods are bad. A lot of people might think that I'm a bad guy, but the way that I do things has to be done for a reason. He's like, mutants are people to be feared. He's like, Look at Magneto. He's like, you know, when Magneto lost his daughter, he lashed out at a village of people. Would that village be able to see a mutant as anything other than bad? Would, you know, whatever, he just goes on this rant about it. But then he talks about him, himself. And he says, you know, he lets you in on a secret. There will never be a nuclear war. And Charles goes on this entire thing about how he has placed telepathic suggestions in the various people's minds across the globe that you know if you're the person whose finger hovers over that button where you're about to launch the missiles out into another country and kill a bunch of people your head will explode you'll die you'll do all these things and he has done this for a bunch of people around the world to ensure its safety and he's like are you petrified he's like good you should be now you see the world as i do he said because i did this with a single thought Imagine what anybody else can do. And he just talks about, he's like, imagine what bad people with that power can do. We have to have someone in place to kind of set everybody straight and like keep tight. Uh, the, the arrogance is. He's clear, he's clear, it. he's clear. It. Um, and so, you know, as again, as it's going on, while he's narrating, they're going after Sinister there, finally gets his lab. They take him down. Um, they go back, they put him through the pit. Sinister seems to be gone. The threat of him has dissipated. End of the issue comes again. Xavier is discussing about someone bad with his power, and we thank God that no one has his power. That is a bad person. He takes off his cerebral helmet, and what does he have on his forehead? A sinister diamond. So it seems as though in all of Sinister's planning and what he's been doing, he has somehow been able to splice his DNA into other people. And it seems like he's got some backups where he can take over. So he's taken over Charles Xavier. And then you also have to go back and think about the people who also just got resurrected with him, Hope, Emma, Exodus. There's potential that he is in them as well. Mm. And I think that and then we go to Central Sinister. It was excellent. 
Wernick, I give Wernick a lot sometimes on his R. I feel like in the I feel like he's gotten better. Let me say that he's improving a lot. The mm. the action scenes are really good. Of course, he draws really pretty people. You know, he loves him some Jean Grey, so she gets a lot of really hot shots I'm throughout sure, the yeah. book. Uh, <laughs> when she's like using her vibes. Like, like, she's gonna be the focal point if his if he's the always tell, You can always tell when the artist has a favorite character. So I thought, but it was cute. Um, the team was like really good. It was cool seeing the council and stuff in action. Sinister. I know they walked him through after they got him, and like everyone is booing him on the island. That was kind of fun to see. But again, it is Sinister. He's about 50 steps ahead of people. After they do take Sinister, I thought it was interesting that Destiny immediately goes to Mystique and she's like, We need to leave immediately. And like, mm. then they did. So there's a lot going on. Again, I think that also leads into kind of the Storm and Brotherhood book that's going on during Sins of Sinister. Storm is the only person who hasn't died. So, if no one's getting affected by Sinister, it's definitely not going to be her. So, shout out uh, to her for that. Is that how she gets to live that whole time? Because isn't she, isn't that miniseries taking place, like, across a thousand years and she, like, is old? Yeah. So, I think that's why it happens. Oh, she's still alive. She's one of the few who hasn't been resurrected. So, because I think I've seen some tweets of people going back through, like, past panels of resurrections and then injecting the DNA into people and you'll see like the sinister symbols on there. So yeah. sinister's probably in everybody who's died. Yeah. I just always that's wild. I guess I didn't think about it that he would be inserting his own DNA. Because I remember when someone I can't remember who was getting resurrected, but Sinister was the one who provided the DNA and I was like mm-hmm. I should have known that, <laughs> that there was something bad happening. <laughs> <laughs> you just, with Sinister, he's a bad guy. You just kind of expect it anyway. And I think that's been the thing. It was like, we know he was bad, but his bad was a means to an end. But we just let him be bad for too long. But it's also kind of like, no, y'all could have just found somebody else to do it. You just didn't want to. But nonetheless, we're here now. We're going into Sins of Sinister. We'll see what happens. Exodus back. Um, he's not gonna like being turned into a sinister, and now he could be, they can be villains and hate each other again. They're not just mm-hmm. shade each other in council meetings. Now it's time to fight. Mm-hmm. And then there are still um, the other sinister clones walking around. Um, there was the Orbis. There was the guy from X Men. What's the name? Stasis. Um, oh yeah. People have been theorizing that Mother Righteous might be one. So we'll see how it goes. Hmm. All in all, I give this issue also a four out of five. Great narrate. Like, I love Gillen's voice for Xavier. I thought it was spot on. Xavier is one of the greatest mutants alive. There was this cool panel where he, like, confronts Sinister, and he's got his, like, guys, and he's telling them to fire at Xavier, and he makes all their heads explode. I was like, I didn't know he could do this, but I'm living for it. <laughs> yeah. he's. I mean, so, when it comes to telepathy... There's a lot of shit. It ain't nobody better. He's <laughs> like he tells them all the time. He says, I can do it. I don't know. So really good books this week. Those are the comments. Wow. All right, y'all. Well, let's go over into the AR Club this week. And this week we watched episodes five through eight of Justice League Unlimited. And I'm gonna go ahead and say first that the episode order on this list that I have been reading, the episode descriptions on is different than what HBO Max has. Now HBO Max, you know, they, <laughs> everything yeah, is all up in the air right now, <laughs> right now. But I will continue to read through. Either way, we all watch the same stuff, so I'll just read through these mm-hmm. and follow along with the episodes. Um, so there was the kid stuff episode, which was where uh, Mordred is he re- mm-hmm. he rebels against his mom and he uses his magic and removes all the adults from Earth. Um, The Justice League, they're like out on a mission and Green Lantern tries to protect everybody, but then the spell washes over them. Um, They end up in like this alternate dimension. I did really like when, uh, I think his name is Cobra? King Cobra? No, Mm -hmm. Copperhead. Copperhead. He was like freaking out on the ground and (laughs) Jon Stewart was like, "Be, be calm. Like, Mm-hmm. Please relax. Yeah. We are probably just in another dimension, even though Copperhead thought they were all in hell because he figured that's where he was going. <laughs> why wouldn't I was gonna say, why wouldn't you think that? Look at where we at. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought that was funny. Um, but 
uh, Morgan Le Fay decides that, you know, in order for you guys to go and stop him, I can transform you guys into children and you can go back and defeat my son, Mordred. I thought they were so cute <laughs> when they got turned into kids. Uh, little John Stewart, when he changed his glasses into his little mask, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were all running and, well, the rest of the team was flying. Batman was running and he couldn't really catch yeah. up. <laughs> that was funny. I was making fun of him. I remember watching this like when I was younger when it first came out and I kind of remember hating this episode because they were all turning into kids, but I was living for Morgan Le Fay. I was like, she looks good. <laughs> With that mask. I was like, mask. This, this, the gold mask on and like the hair up and just like she's sauntering in the room and she had like the little kind of like deep voice a little bit. I was like, oh yeah. I'm gay. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this is just really moving me in a way that. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but um, going back and like watching, no, I actually thought this episode was a lot of fun. Them as kids was like cool. They were made some funny jokes. It was like fun when they were making fun of like Diana and Bruce and about like how they kind of liked each other and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when John tell Superman, you've got like 50 different kinds of visions and you can't see this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were clear. Kids, kids are mean. So like, I thought that was very true to life. All right, yeah. So when Diana like yelled at the kids <laughs> to be calm mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm going to tell your parents. I was like, oh, she's mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. In real life too. Okay, the other episode that we watched was the This Little Piggy and this was actually <laughs> was written by Paul Dini. Now, this episode had uh, Wonder Woman turned into a pig by um, Cersei. And I remember watching this episode when I was younger and thinking that I was kind of bored. But as I've gotten older, I think it was it's a lot of fun. One thing that I have to let people in on is one of my favorite tropes in superhero media or any kind of media is when someone calls a magic user a witch. And like mm-hmm. the disgust <laughs> that the magic user has on it's <laughs> very funny to me <laughs> because they always are so like, oh my god, like how dare you call me that? Um, I think that is really funny. So when Wonder Woman saw Cersei, was like, what do you want, witch? <laughs> and Cersei was like, whoa, <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't even gonna do anything at first, but now you got to become a pig. <laughs> like, now you got to become a pig, uh, which I thought was like really funny. Yeah, and uh, Batman and Zatanna, like Tima, Batman goes to Zatanna for help. Um, you know, she talks about you know, we used to be a thing, which I think is funny. Or also, Zatanna is old. Um, and uh, I found it funny though when she tried to use her locating spell we'll get to use get that guy. Um, I don't know his name or what kind of shop he had when she went to that magic shop. Um, mm. And just the way that magic worked and how like you know he only took he didn't take cash or card he only took like certain magic things. But <laughs> and she tried to use about- locators. It didn't work. I think one of the interesting things about this issue was, I mean, not this issue, this episode was that this was one of the first real times I had ever been introduced to Boana Beats. And oh, yeah, me too. That was like, I think we had talked about him before, but that's like when I went back and found out he was like this white guy who was like a superhero in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he don't make a lot of sense. I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> like this powder, like with animals. But I like remember I looked at his costume in the uh, cartoon. I was like, oh, he must be like a wrestler character or something like that. Because this is crazy. And then I like got into him and I was like, oh, this is crazy for real. He would just so, got a mask on and some leopard print shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. Well, he's going to a it. warehouse party or something. <laughs> like looking for this pig that he can't find, which was like really fun. I thought that, that this whole episode was like cute. The end when yes. Bruce has to sing his song as yes. the boon to get Anna back, that was like very and sweet. You know what? Uh, rest in peace to Kevin Conroy because he truly is like iconic as Batman, still the voice of Batman I hear when I read him. And that was him really singing at the end. So mm-hmm. I think that was cool. Good old guy. Um, oh, God. Rest in peace for real. That's a real one. Yeah. 
Okay, then there was the episode called The Greatest Story Never Told, and this is when the Justice League battle Mordrew, who I know him as a villain from the Legion of Superheroes. Um, he's like one of their like really big bads. He like is from mm-hmm. like the magic planet, and I think he tried to rule it or something like that. Really big bad evil magic person. Mm. All of the Justice League try to fight him, but this is mostly a Booster Gold centric episode, and try to kind of show off that he's a superhero while also showing his personality which is very like corporate you know he is mm-hmm. from the same era as the legion of superheroes he's from the year 3000 but he used time travel technology to go back in time to be a superhero because he just wanted to be a star <laughs> because he was like a janitor in the future um do you like Booster Gold? Is this a safe space? It is. Speak your truth. I don't really see it for Booster Gold. The whole like yeah. Booster Gold, Blue Beetle pairing, it has never moved me whatsoever. I will say, Donald Faison being cast as Booster Gold on the Legends of Tomorrow show was elite casting. Mm. And I think that was really good. But like Booster Gold as a character, but you know, also like time travel and me aren't really. Synonymous. Yeah. I mean, he gets stuck in the past. So, like, he only, he doesn't really time travel. He just used it that one time to get into the past because he wanted to be a mm. superhero. I find, I find Booster, he's fun. He's like, I think him and Blue Beetle, when they're together, they're like a fun little bro duo. They can be kind of fun get, together, you know? I get the appeal of the bromance, the duo. Again, like, if Donald Faison is Booster Gold, then Zach Braff from Scrubs would be Blue Beetle. Like, I remember that relationship on that show. Like, people loved it. Exactly. Very that. Um, but individually, no, I'm good. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I thought he was fun in this episode. It was cute, him trying to save the day, <laughs> rescue that lady um, with the black yeah. hole. I thought it was cute. It was cool, I guess. It was fine. Now, the next episode, though, was one of my... It's probably my favorite of the season. One of my favorites. Probably, like, top three. I love it. It's called The Return. And this is... Oh, I don't know. The teleplay was written by J.M. DeMatteis. The story was written Mm. by Stan Berkowitz. I think I'm a big fan of J.M. DeMatteis. He's done some stuff that I've liked before. I think he wrote some X-Factor stuff with Lorna. That sounds about right. Gotta check that. I think that's why I like him. <laughs> um, but this episode was where Amazo resurfaces. Now, if anyone had been out there watching Justice League, he was the robot from the first season who like took on all the powers of the Justice League and uh, Lex Luthor ended up changing, like using him against the Justice League. He got all powerful, ended up going into space and was like, I have ascended. I don't need to be here anymore. And this episode is his return. Now he returns, he goes straight for Oa and like destroys it. So, yeah. Already the Justice League, I'm sorry, the Green Lantern Corps is gone. John Stewart is like, oh no, we're not going to have this. Everyone needs to go into like battle mode. And I think that's what I really like about this is because they like go straight into battle mode. All right, who's going to be in what sections? And, you know, uh, I think Martian Manager was the one to come up with the team breakup or it may have been Superman actually. Um, and they have a team in space, a team in the sky, team on the ground. We're going to have to stop him. And that whole episode is everyone trying to fight Amazo. Now <laughs> Amazo clears working. all of them. It's working. It's working. It's just like, sheesh. I don't know. Dude, like at that point, we just got to let them take it. <laughs> yeah. Because they are not winning. He clears through everybody. Finally, they get down to it, and Dr. Fate convinces him to, like, you know, hold back. Don't kill everybody. Lex Luthor is like, you know, you are, your path is for you to kind of see the end of it all. Like, you can, you're allowed to do, you're allowed to do the one thing the rest of us can't, and that's kind of live forever. And that is kind of what kind of peels back the rage that (laughs) Amazo had, and he decides to go off with Dr. Fate. And when he ends up going, he, he meets Shira, Hawk Girl there. Um, mm-hmm. I, 
we'll probably talk about it obviously as we watch more of these episodes, but I don't really like Hot Girl that much. <gasps> I have to admit, I'm sorry. And I really like, don't like her. Just in the show? Or, <laughs> you mean just in the show or like in general? Kinda in general. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll definitely discuss that more as we get more into it. But I'm pretty sure a lot of that really, is because I really of John. Like, yeah, I really don't like her and John <laughs> She ruins it. So, yeah. Um, it was cute. It was spicy. Hmm. How do you like this episode? It was cool. I, it was cool to see like a bunch of the different heroes, like the fighting. So you know, many I'm cameos. Here for superheroes, like fighting together and like really just trying to stop the evil. Doctor Fate continues to be the like most unhelpful, helpful person. I mm-hmm. feel like you That's know you could have just stopped right? him. That's what they usually are there for. It's one minute you got all the power in the world to stop everything. The next minute your chakra's not aligned and you can't do anything. No, I think that's Superman. But I don't know. Zatanna tried to do a locator spell in that other episode. She couldn't find Cersei. Well, it's Cersei. At the time, Cersei was more powerful. Oh, at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you caught it. Um, but nonetheless, I, it was a really good episode, though. I love it. It was a good cameo fest. Um, and it's, it's always just nice to remember, like, the league is a league. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, we got the big seven, all that, da 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 No. The world don't stop when these seven people are gone. Like, we got heroes all over, and they're going to do the job when needs to be done. Do you think we need more stuff like this where it's kind of a cameo fest um, where we get more of these other characters involved in this kind of stuff? Or would you still rather it focused on other characters, maybe not, you know, the main seven, just a different group of people? Um, Do you mean like in animation, TV or comics or both? Any of it, both. I think I'd like to think that things like that in a comic book would be really not cool to see. But I also think about comic books that have attempted it before and how they don't really like last long. And I like Avengers, the initiative, Um, even Mm -hmm. Hickman's Avengers, when he had like 20 people on the team, the champions, when that team really started getting big, I think they're really great avenues. But I think you kind of run into this problem where so many people are only coming for specific characters. And if you're not seeing those specific characters enough, then what's the point of getting it? Mm-hmm. versus like a smaller condensed team where it's like, okay, I know I'm going to always see these seven people interact with each other and I'm interested in those interactions versus this book actually has 70 characters in it and I really only want to see two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have all those extra characters though and they don't have places to be seen or kind of... That is true. Lands but... for themselves. But everyone knows I'm a firm believer. I'm unfortunately everyone can be a star. Right. Yeah. I'm okay with a cameo fest, you know. Get them in there, let them have their moment, let them do their thing, give them an issue like cool. But again, I just like feel like long term it doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think you anchor it around, you know, six and then just have a cameo fest of everybody in the background or all the other kind of stuff so that, you know, you at least get some people in stuff mm-hmm. instead of nothing at all that is true get him in but i think oh, well, all right, uh, y'all. I think digital comics are good for that too infinity comics um stuff like that i think those would be good avenues to take that that's what i think well yeah we would have to finally start embracing digital first <laughs> but but we don't yeah. in the comics anyway they don't seem to really want to embrace the yeah. digital lane and in comicsology made it worse so and they going through it over there, child, because they, like, just I let go saw. of half of their team. I saw. It's so sad. Like, it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign. We got to fix this. money. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. Welcome back to the relaunch portion of the show, everyone's favorite section. Um, It was my week to have a relaunch, and I've been kind of going back and, like, doing some reading on Dazzler. And 
I actually had this thought when I was reading this Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton thing. So Leah Williams is writing a story for Power Girl in there that's going to be the one that I mentioned is the backup in Action Comics. And it has art from Marguerite Savage, who has this really like psychedelic kind of like old school 70s style of art that's like just so awesome. She's actually a person who I've always wanted to do a Dazzler book because I think the style just fits so perfectly. And Liz Clay Jupiter is showing up in that story as well. She's a Titans character named Omen that I really like. She's the doll. I know some people don't like to think that she is, but she is. Nonetheless, (laughs) um, you know, I have not been secretive about how I have felt about a lot of Leah's books. I understand that there's kind of like some fun, hard things. It doesn't really always work for me. But when I was reading this Power Girl story in the Lazarus Planet book, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I was like, I don't really understand what's going on with Power Girl that much, but she's not a character I'm super attached to. It reads like just as a fun, weird time. It has great art and Lilith is there. And as I was reading this, it clicked to me. I was like, oh, this is probably how a lot of people feel about Dazzler and Exterminators right now. A book that I don't necessarily like really enjoy. Again, it's supposed to be like this grindhouse fun thing and everybody says it's just like good dumb fun and it's kind of just something that's enjoyable. But when I look at it as a Dazzler fan, I want more from the story and I realize I don't get that. And I think Dazzler has this reputation of being a joke character. She was created in the 70s. She was kind of like the gimmick, disco, blah, blah, blah. They've tried to navigate this path of her as being this mutant pop star a lot in Marvel Comics. It doesn't always work. A lot of times the creators will get her and they'll make her go through the grunge emo phase where she starts wearing all black and she becomes punk and she becomes rock. And I think a lot of that loses the essence of the character. She is a character who should have a lot of that commentary on superstardom and, you know, regular living and femininity, uh, sexism, just like all of those kind of things, being a woman, lots of fun medical commentary, her home life and what it means to like be yourself and like being just like a lot of things that go on in her books that I think could be great that you're not going to get from something like Exterminators because it is just like dumb fun. But if this is successful, it kind of continues on to go in the vein of, oh, she'll always be looked at as this character you just run around for dumb fun, for jokes, and you don't really get the meat of the story. So in thinking about that, I do think the idea of Exterminators for her is good. She needs kind of like a lane, a book. I would completely revamp it, though, and that's where my relaunch comes in. No longer is it this just grindhouse thing where she's running around with Boom Boom Jubilee and Laura talking about, like, piss and poop and all that stuff. But we do kind of take it on the road. She gets back into her tour life. She talks about music. That's something that she loves to do. And she has, like, a small crew with her. And this is made up of some of, like, the other mutants that are on Krakoa. They can be acting as, like, bands, DJs, backups. You mix in people, like, I have DJ, Rhapsody, Ruckus, Siren, Skids, and Rusty, I think would be, like, really good groups for her to come along. And as they're going along on these tours... It's Rusty, all right. Throwbacks. Okay, taking it back, and you getting some originals in there, and I kind of like... All right. I think that works. Um, and then with that, because you have Dazzler on tours, you also still mix in those aspects of superhero. And I think, even though, like, I love vampires and then, like, fighting vampires, and this has been fun, it's not something I want to see her do full-time, but I think a lot of the things that you have about Dazzler is that she's a helpful person. She's been an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's done, uh, like, charity work when she was a pop star. She's into philanthropy and stuff like that. So as they're going along on this tour, this world tour, this group is also kind of serving as the mystery gang. They're in these different cities with these various towns. There are things going on. They investigate. They stop. They do the shows. They have a good time, and then they move on to the next. And that's what the Exterminators crew does. They move along with this pop star, and in that, you can continue to kind of build up the story of, like, this group bonding together, you know, Dazzler dealing with the pressures of the pop star and the superhero, and you can get to the commentary of, like, how people see her in the public versus how she wants to be. You can get to grow up some of these other characters and bond them together. DJ is obviously pretty much a bunch of Same with Rhapsody. Um, Siren is a character who a lot of people know. It would be fun to see her. Skids and Rusty are that throw back ruckus is just in there because i really like ruckus i'm not gonna lie to you but that would be he's the role that i would he's hot he's, he's a fine. bad bitch Claire, you polaris head? handled him when they fought before but it's cool <sighs> that was in the past <laughs> it was in the past <laughs> it was in the past <laughs> i do like his hair um exterminators relaunch dazzler is obviously still the lead she's going on tour she's got her group 
We're going to have a good time. Sorry to Boom Boom Jubilee. Laura, Laura will be fine. Boom Boom, she'll show up in the X-Force eventually. Jubilee, uh, safe space. I don't really like Jubilee. I'm sorry to her fans. She's not on my list. But that's my relaunch for the week. I've been really interested in exterminators becoming like a Scooby Doo mutant gang. That's kind of really cool, and I think that would be great. You know, mm-hmm. a like, would it be mystery or is it just like action-based uh, missions where they're just kind of like, you know, I think you get they a little get bit attacked of both. because of whatever kind of hijinks. I think you can get a little bit of both. Obviously, like you'll have the groups investigating some stuff because they hear something's going on in this town, but they are a group of traveling mutants. They're going to deal with some prejudice and people trying to attack them and setting some things up, I'm sure, which is, again, is something you could deal with in the pop star life of Dazzler. She's had stalkers. How does that affect her? How do, how do you, you know her backup singer, Siren, doesn't get the stalker now and, like, try and run up on stage? Remember when that boy ran up on Beyonce? That's, yeah. How are they going to act? You know what I'm saying? And those are the kind of things that I would really like to see in that book and with that group. Making Siren the backup singer is kind of a cool idea for her, too. She needs a lane. So that could be fun. I actually just said that. I don't know. But... <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of hot. Second lead singer. <laughs> you know, her powers, you know, she's got screen powers. And I know, like, back in past X-Factor when they've done it where she can, like, uh, change the module of her voice and, like, hypnotize people and do stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, Move that to some singing. She could always be a road manager. She can't really sing. She's there. She's got cool powers. It's really for the voice. She really did a power dancer when she needs it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> but I like that's my it. relaunch for the week. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, let us know what you think of that exterminator's idea. Maybe we can get that that ball rolling after this most recent mini ends. It can kind of roll into something else. I'd like to see that team, especially that whole, like, you know, Scooby-Doo mystery machine kind of team with a bus. That's kind of cool. Go for it. I like it. Um, all right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. Make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch us at Another Relaunch TV. You can email us at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? As always, you guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. There is an underscore at the end. All right, let's get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace out.